0: If you got your Bible, uh, I want you to open up. Maybe you got a phone, you can go to our app and open up Philippians chapter 2. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2 and we're going to be reading from verse 12. Verse 12. This is Paul he says, "Therefore, my beloved, you've also you've always obeyed not only in my presence only, but now much more in my absence." He says, "Work out your salvation with fear and trembling." For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for His good pleasure. I like this verse here because Paul's saying, hey, when it comes to your salvation, that's not just worked out when people are around. In fact, he's saying here, I want you to work out your salvation. And he was saying to the church of Philippi, I'm pleased because you've worked out your salvation even more in my absence. Many people, you know, they can work out their salvation on a Sunday morning. But as believers in Jesus Christ, we're called to work out our salvation on a daily basis. That's what I love as a church. We're just changing modes. Today, modern cars have different modes. They have sports modes. They have, you know, all-terrain modes. In fact, many cars today are all-wheel drive. And that means that you can navigate most terrains when you've got all power in every wheel. Uh, it used to be that cars were either rear wheel or front wheel drive. If they're rear wheel, it was about pushing. Uh, if it was front wheel drive, it was about pulling. Uh, but uh, what the church is meant to be is it's meant to be an uh, all wheel driving machine. Uh, and that simply means that we should be able to handle anything uh, we face in front of us because power is in every wheel. Power is in every believer. It's not located in a pastor or just a gathering. The power of God lives on the inside of you. And that's why I was saying during this season, uh, you know, equipers is, is everyone everywhere. And uh, as the needs of ministry is, uh, increase, what we need for to see in the body of Christ is we need to see every believer mobilized. In fact, this is our opportunity to shine brightly. This is our opportunity to be the salt of the earth. And I believe God's put before us an opportunity right now to minister to many people who are living in fear. See, it's easy to follow God when you understand what's in front of you. It's easy to follow God when you know what's next and you feel His presence. But what about when you don't feel His presence? At times like that, it's not so much about where you're going. With the coronavirus, there's a lot of uncertainty. What's going to happen? In fact, it's changing every hour almost. Yeah. Borders are shutting. Things are going on. And who's to know what's next? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's not so much where you're going. The question is, who are you following? Because right. uh, when you're following Jesus, you know where he's going. Yeah. And where he's going is going to lead to life, is going to lead to freedom. Yeah. Come on, it's going to lead to his love and the perfect love of God, cast out all fear. Yeah. Yeah. So, so at times like this, we need to make sure that we're close to Jesus, that we're we're following Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in a world right now we live where there's a lot of counterfeits, there's a lot of fakes. You know, you can go to many different places, different countries, and you can get an imitation. An imitation watch, imitation shoes, but they're not the real thing. They look like the real thing, but they're an imitation of the real thing. Sadly, many people, when it comes to following Jesus, they, they see it simply as church. They don't understand that the power of God is available to each and every one of us. And yes, as believers, we do need to get together. We do need to gather together. But at times like this, where we can't get together and we need to be socially responsible, you know, we shouldn't stop being the church. Church is not just something that we attend. It's something that we are. And and we carry the power of God on the inside of us. And and many people have embraced religion, they've embraced a counterfeit rather than a relationship with God. My encouragement to you at this season is discover what it is to have a deep relationship with God. Uh, Many counterfeits, they look like the real thing, but how many know they don't last? In fact, just because something works doesn't mean it's true. Wow. I found in life things can work for a season, yeah. but it doesn't mean they're true. Anything that's true, you've got to hear this, anything that is true works though. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it works not just for a moment, but it works forever. It works right. until we, uh, we, we enter eternity. Yeah. And the, the question in a lot of people's minds is, is this legit? Is this real uh, there's never a time like now to be authentic in our faith and and, and the test of authenticity i 'll get that out the test of authenticity is what we do when trials come uh, what what do we do when fires come because yeah, we 're going to face challenges in fact psalm thirty four says many other afflictions of the righteous, but here's the good news, God delivers them from them all, yeah, and many are the afflictions of the righteous, yeah, yeah. but there's good news, there's answers in the middle of those, and, and the test of our faith is, is found in adversity, I love the story found in Daniel, you know, of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, many of you know the story or, or you're familiar with it. King Nebuchadnezzar put out a decree, a decree that everyone was to bow and worship the idol he had made. But there were three guys who refused to bow down. He had heard about that they refused to bow down and he said, well, if anyone doesn't bow down, what's gonna happen is they're gonna be thrown into a fire. They're gonna be thrown into the fire if they don't bow. So he gave them another opportunity. They didn't bow down. And as a result of not bowing down, Nebuchadnezzar, he, he heated up the fire seven times hotter. It was so hot that even the guards who threw them into the fire died. But these three guys went into the fire and in the fire, guess who was there? There was a fourth person who many would say is, is Jesus. He, he was there in the fire. I wanna declare whatever's going on in your well right now, Jesus is there. He's present. And so Nebuchadnezzar comes along to them and he he says to them in in Daniel chapter 3, verse 26, he says, Then Nebuchadnezzar came close, and uh, he came close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers and official governors and their advisors crowded around them and they saw the fire had not touched them. Listen to this not a hair on their heads was singed. That's impossible for some of us anyway, but <laughs> not a hair on their heads was singed and the clothing, their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, for, for He sent His angel to rescue His servants who trusted in Him. They defied the king's command, but and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any other god except their own God. Yeah. Uh, I wonder whether we could carry the spirit in the season of Shadrach, Meshach, and yeah. Abednego. Yeah. And I right, believe right. the promise of God is that even though you may be in the fire, you're going to come out of the fire." Oh. You know, with no hair, no hair on your head going to be cinched. You know, your clothes aren't going to be scorched and you're not going to smell like smoke. In fact, there was a promise Kathy and I held on to when we were going through a difficult time. In fact, this difficult time just came after the birth of our second daughter, Ruby. And it ended with me being in hospital for, for 42 days. I was on the brink of losing my life. But the promise of God to us was that we're going to go through that whole fire and we're going to come out the other side without our hair being singed, without our clothes being scorched, and without the smell of smoke. I want to declare over your life that what's happening right now, the church of God is going to come out of this. Not smelling like smoke. Come on, our clothes aren't going to be scorched. We're gonna come out smelling like Jesus. So two questions I wanna ask you today. Two questions I wanna ask you is number one is what are you what do you smell like? Just sniff your neighbor. No, don't do that. Uh, Yeah, if you can smell them and you're a meter and a half apart. Yeah. Oh man. But but what we wanna do is we wanna fireproof our lives. So that we don't smell like smoke. Yes, we may go through some stuff, but let's not come out of it smelling like what we went through. See, these three guys, they went through it, but they didn't come out smelling like it. Many of us can go through trials, go through challenges, but we come out smelling like it. In fact, yeah, you can hear it in people's language. You you know, they, they smell like defeat. I, I like uh, one of our pastors in London, Pastor Mark Collard. He was a pilot, a BA pilot for some time. And uh, he said, Pi- being a pilot is boring because a lot of it's automatic. But the most exciting part about being a pilot is when you have to navigate turbulence, when there's winds, because that's where the adventure is. That's where the life is. And, yeah. and, and, and so landing would often be an exciting time. And he'll say, sometimes there's really challenging landings. And uh, he'd get to the end and go, oh, that was amazing. But then the cabin door this would open and there would just be a stench coming from the cabin. And you can only imagine what was released in a turbulent fight where a whole lot of people were fearful. Let, let me tell you, a smell was released. Yeah. And 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 it wasn't a pleasant smell, it was a a bad smell. You know, there's so many things can smell bad in our life. In fact, you know, if you spill milk in your car, how many know that's a hard smell to get rid of? You know, and and many people today try and mask it, but you you can't get rid of it. And and when you get around certain people, they just have a smell about them. You know, some people can have a smell of negativity, a smell of unbelief. You know, they can smell of what they've been through and they carry it, they wear it. But as a people of God, yes, we face adversity. Yes, we face challenge. But the testimony of God working in our lives is that we don't like, smell like what we went through. In fact, I like what Paul said in Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, he says, Now thanks be to God who always, always, Not just in some time, he always leads us into triumph in Christ. And through us, he diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God, the fragrance of Christ among those who have been saved and among those who are perishing. You and I as believers, we are the the fragrance of God. The fragrance of God beats Chanel. It beats Calvin Klein, Dior, and all the rest of it. It beats all that, why? Because that fragrance, the fragrance of Christ has, has a smell of victory. Christ always leads us into triumph. We don't know where things are happening right now, but we can be confident today that this is gonna end in triumph. This is gonna end in victory. And victory, the smell of victory is sweet. You know, if a, a rugby team wins, I mean, no, sometimes the, the smell in the changing room afterwards is not sweet. But victory is sweet. Uh, some of us, you know, you know, right now, we're, we're, we can smell like many different things. But, but in the end, when you've got victory, what comes from your life, you know, it actually uh, it flows into other people's lives. And right now, people are looking for for believers who don't just have theories as to what works, but they have evidence in their life as to what works. Everybody faces challenges, but the question is, are you going to find God in the midst of that challenge? Because you can be confident if you find God, He always leads us into triumph. What does your world smell like? Come on, if you want to smell good, if you want the fragrance of God to flow from your life, I believe that worship yeah. is the key to smelling good. Yeah, good. In John chapter 12, the story of the woman with the alabaster box is worth one year's wages. And she broke that box and she anointed Jesus for his burial. That smell filled that room. But some would say, you know, that, that, that spike, you know, got in and would have got into his, his paws so much so that when he was hanging on the cross, he would still smell that sacrifice. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, I believe when it comes to God during these times, you know, we, we've got to keep on laying our life down for the cause of Jesus. And, and when you find the purpose of God, it's amazing how then you find the provision of God. Yeah. Uh, but it, it comes through laying down our lives. You know, during these times, you know, everybody can hunker down and think about their own needs. My encouragement is, is let's not just think about ourselves in this hour. Uh, yeah. yeah, sure, there are needs in front of us. And, and as a church, we, we want to help people in need. Yeah. But I believe the challenge is not just to be self-focused. Because selfishness smells. Yeah. Come on, pride smells. Yeah, you know, somebody who's all about themselves. That stinks, man. That, 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 that gives off a bad smell. Let, let's be people who are full of faith, who reach out beyond ourselves. I believe this is an opportunity for the church to be light into our world. Come on, what do you smell like? What do you smell like? Well, the, and the second question, if we're to fireproof our lives, is, is, is what are you wearing? What, what are you wearing? Here it says their clothes weren't scorched. So they didn't smell of fire, but their clothes weren't scorched either. I like what the prophet Isaiah says. Isaiah 52 verse 1, it says, wake up, wake up. Just make sure if you're around some people, say, wake up, wake up. If they're falling asleep because the couch is too cozy, say, wake up. Wake up, wake up, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Can't clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes. Some may be watching this in their pajamas. I'm not sure. <laughs> but it says, put on your beautiful clothes, O holy city of Jerusalem. here, what it's saying. It's saying, wake up and get dressed. In other words, get out of your pajamas. You know, have a routine to your life. You know, wake up and, and get dressed. And put on beautiful clothes. What does that imply? That implies some of us don't have beautiful clothes. You know, we've all got them in our closet. Uh, let's be honest. There, there's some stuff in our closet that we need to get rid of. And, and there's some stuff, spiritually speaking, that, that we need to, to, to discard. Because it no longer looks good on us. Yeah. And if we had a real friend, they'll tell us, oh, that doesn't quite look good on you. You know, if, if you have a real friend, they'll tell you, man, that's not your best look. They won't just tell you what you want to hear. So many people just, oh, tell me what I want to hear. You know, if you've got cabbage in your teeth, stuck in your teeth, you know, you don't want your friend to go, man, you look amazing. You're awesome. You're incredible. You, you want an honest friend that says, hey, man, you might want to move this. You know, you might want to do something about this. And in fact, Proverbs says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And sometimes we need to hear stuff that we don't want to hear. And and a real friend, when it comes to our clothing, we just sometimes say, that's not your best look. I'm sure in some former life that fits you. (laughs) Uh, But right now you need to let it go. That's a little bit too tight now. You're a little bit too big for that. And a real friend will actually open up things. See, the best friend we have in life is the Holy Spirit. We have access to Him 24-7. And He'll look at us and He'll say, Hey, that complaining attitude. uh, That's not your best look. Come on, that negativity, that pride. Come on, how you're worrying right now. How you're just spouting out worry all the time. Come on, that's not your best look. You know, that condemnation. Yeah, you, know, you need to change your clothes. You need to put on something different. Yeah. Now, now, many of us say, well, that's all I've got. Well, no, you don't. As believers, right. you, you've got some new clothes. Yeah. The Bible talks about how we have a robe of righteousness. Yeah. The Bible talks about how we're to put on the garment of praise. Yeah. You know, why have a stink attitude when you can wear righteousness? Come on, some of us, we're wearing bitterness, envy. You know, many people can live with a judgmental, cynical attitude. Uh, choose to discard some of those garments. Come on, let's make a decision. Let's wake up and, and make a decision to put on beautiful clothes. You know, some of us right now, we're, you know, we're hoarding stuff. And, and, and many of us hoard stuff. And we do it off the premise that someday I might need it. I'm not going to throw out those jeans. Yeah, I've lost weight. I don't fit them any longer. But if I put back on the weight, you know, I'm just going to hold them, hold on to them just in case uh, I need them. You know, it's like like we hold on to that T-shirt just in case. And many of us get emotionally attached to clothes. But we need somebody to go through our closet and we need to say, hey, we're throwing that out. You know, uh, we're getting rid of that. Now, that's not a good look. On you. But so many people, you know, even spouses throw out clothes and, and then, you know, husbands or the guys go back in and, and pull them back out. So like, don't throw that out, I like that. And then, and then they end up wearing it and, and, and you go, oh, didn't we get rid of that? You know, some of us, you know, we're a little bit like that as well. You know, we put on garments that we haven't worn for a long time and oh, didn't you get rid of that? Come on, those words, they're not your best look. Didn't we get rid of that anger? Yeah. Come on, didn't we grow past that? Why are you putting that back on? You know, and it's like God's saying, i got new clothes for you. They're tailor-made. Yeah. The, they're made to measure. Yeah. And, and they look good on you. Yeah. Come on, what are you wearing right now? Because in the New Testament, it says, put on Christ. Wow. I believe this world right now is looking for a group of people who are put on Christ. You know, you need to wake up in the morning. Yeah, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you just put on whatever's around, that's dangerous. Now, first thing is, is it clean? Yeah. I, you know, wake up. You see, we need to get dressed on purpose. You know, we need to say, uh, this morning when I wake up, I'm telling my mindset what to wear today. Yeah, you know, I'm going to set my mind on things above. I'm not going to look at, I'm going to set my mind. In a world where there's a lot of news, I'm not going to just read the newspaper without reading the Word of God. Come on, I'm going to come and let God speak to me and I'm going to set my mind on things above. I'm telling my tongue today what to say. I'm not just going to shoot off my mouth you know, and let anything come out. Life and death is found in the power of the tongue. I'm going to make a decision what to wear. See, there's some stuff I should say, man, I'm not allowed to wear that any longer. I'm too big for gossip. I'm too big for cynicism worrying. now, what am I wearing? I'm wearing him. And, and the, the best way to do that is to get dressed on purpose. Some of us right now, we're just wanting comfort. We want our comfort clothes. You know, comfort clothes are, are good, but not when they're, you know, some people, it's just like complaining is comfortable. Feeling sorry for yourself. You've done it for a long time and it just feels comfortable. Yeah, it's comfortable to play the victim. Yeah, the comfort is, oh, I'm too tired. No, no, we need to make some decisions to get rid of those clothes. And how Paul put it, he says, what I want you to do is I want you to walk worthy of your calling. You've got a great call. You've got to pretend, walk worthy. And another way of saying that is, is is do the uniform justice. See, see we're now ambassadors of Jesus. What a time for the church to shine. Let's do the uniform justice. Let's not dress it down. Let's not make it look cheap. Come on, what are you wearing? In fact, on the red carpet, that's what often gets asked. Oh, what are you wearing? Oh, I'm wearing this designer, this designer. Well, more importantly, instead of what are we wearing, we should be asking, who are we wearing? Who are we wearing? We're wearing Jesus Christ. And we're wearing robes of righteousness, garments of praise. We're wearing the full armour of God. Come on, I want to encourage you today. Put on the armour of God. In fact, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 says, Put on... All of God's armour, all of God's armour, so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Right Now the enemy is wanting to take advantage of what's going on. But it says that you'll be able to stand against all the strategies of the devil, for we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after your battle, you'll still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth. No, just notice, putting on. It's, it's a decision to put on. It, it doesn't just magically you know, come upon you. No, you've got to put it on. Put it on, make a decision, put on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith and stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Uh, This isn't a fashion statement. Paul's saying, "You need to do this as a matter of life and death." And, and during times like this, I believe it's an opportunity for kingdom advancement. The kingdom is always advancing. Uh, the challenge is, what are the church wearing? Now, to make any outfit decent, you know, it often can be, you know, it can be undone by your shoes. You know, I, I know, in, in a time like this, many people are going, oh, "You need to wash your hands." Washing your hands is really important. I hope you've done that today. I really do. I pray you've done it today, Yeah, or washed your hands. But I believe the challenge of the church is not to wash hands. I believe the challenge of the church is to actually wash feet, wash feet. And that speaks of serving. We're called to serve our world. This is a great opportunity for the gospel to touch people's lives. For people to experience the love of God, uh, to to know Him. What, What a great opportunity. And so, yeah, everybody's washing hands, but I wonder whether we as a church could actually wash feet and serve the people in our world. You know, feet by themselves are ugly. And feet often smell just look at your, your feet you know, or if you're next to somebody, maybe their feet. No, don't look too closely. But they often are ugly and they smell. But here's the thing. You know, When they're attached to the gospel, they actually become beautiful. In fact, Romans chapter 10, verse 15, it says, And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Speaking of people being sent into their world. How, how are people going to know? that there's hope, that they don't have to live with fear, that they can have the assurance of eternity. How are they gonna know unless people are sent? Right. This is the equipers, everyone everywhere. Right. You know, we're sending, come on, we're commissioning people. How, how will anybody know unless they're sent? That's why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Yeah. Have you got beautiful feet? Because if you're carrying good news, God takes your feet from being ugly and smelly and He makes them beautiful. I pray as a church would have beautiful feet. Come on, This is an opportunity for the, the church, you and I, we are the church to walk out what we believe. We live in a world right now where there's a cry for authenticity. I believe in the midst of challenges that's when people can see whether it's real or not. See, it's not that you go through stuff. It's how you come out of it. Are you gonna come out smelling like smoke? Are your clothes gonna be scorched? Is your hair gonna be cinched? Are you gonna come out smelling like Jesus? Wearing robes of righteousness. God, I believe in this time, many people are gonna have testimonies of breakthrough even right now hope is being restored into people's lives you came into a room panicking in fear what's going to happen but Jesus is saying to you he's going to lead you into triumph you just need to stay close to him he knows where he's going and it ends in victory in Jesus name maybe you're in a room somewhere and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour friend God loves you he's for you he's got an amazing plan for your life for you to know that plan for you to know his love is simple you just need to open your heart to him and the bible says if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead the bible says you will be saved it's as easy as that you just need to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and God will come and into your world i'm praying all over the place people would come to know Jesus at this time that experience the realness of His love. This is legit, I've experienced it for myself. as of countless millions around the world. I don't wanna talk about a theory. I wanna talk about a person who's alive, who you can know in your heart if you just open your heart to Him today. Maybe you're here and you you already know Jesus. But for one reason or another, you're not following as close as you know you should. And you're saying, in this time, man, I wanna draw closer to God. How about picking up your Bible? How about making a decision at the start of your day? I'm gonna wear some beautiful clothes. I'm not gonna stay in my pyjamas. I'm gonna put on some beautiful clothes because I've got something to offer other people. Now, as a church, I'm really believing that this is gonna be a significant time. Many people are meeting in homes, maybe you're by yourself in a home right now. Why not in the next week, gather a few friends and invite them along if we're allowed to <laughs> and just engage with them and just say, hey, Jesus can touch your life as well. I believe, believing the message of the gospel is gonna go far and wide during this time. I believe we're putting power we're changing mode and we're putting the power into all the wheels. Some of you are in church because you've been dragged along. Some of you are in church because you've been pushed along. But right now, His presence is meeting you right where you are right now. Right now, He's meeting you in that living room. He's meeting you in your bedroom. And He wants to say, there's a greater day ahead. I believe some people have just been so consumed with life that God hasn't had a look in. So consumed and God's using the situation to get your attention. Wake up, wake up, get dressed, put on beautiful clothes. And what God's saying is, I've got an assignment for you. I've got a purpose for you, not just here and now, but for eternity. If you just open your heart to me, just wherever you are, how about closing your eyes? I pray right now, Holy Spirit, you come and fill every place. You know exactly what people need. And I pray you come and meet them at their point of need. I pray today your Word would live in our hearts. Spirit of God, we welcome you. We say, come, Holy Spirit. Right now, speak into our hearts. We wanna hear your voice. We wanna know you more. We thank you for your goodness and your grace that's towards us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.